It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Show. My name is James True and this is my show. And today we are looking at Noah Pro Wrestling. Because we haven't looked at Noah Pro Wrestling for a while. We're looking at the Starting Over Tour and a show that was freely available to you on YouTube. So we thought it was only fair to review it. And to what? Well, and to review the show from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is not Marcus Green. It is a new guest. It is Courtney Summers. How are you, Mom? I am doing very well today. Excellent. Um, um, this is my first podcast since I got really sick this summer, so I'm really excited to get to, you know, commentate on this business a little bit again. Feels so, good. Can you ex- <laughs> Can you explain your links to professional wrestling and your professional wrestling commentary? Um, I first started off as a fan at three years old. Um, then I got kind of involved in the industry a little bit. I did do some training. Um, I did have a few matches on the independent circuit, but that got cut short because I got a lower back injury and was told by uh, an orthopedic doctor that I shouldn't take bumps anymore because it could really mess me up, you know? So from then on, I kind of have always stayed involved in the business in some aspect, whether it be through, you know, helping guys when they first start out, you know, try using the connections that I have in the business to, you know, maybe get them bookings or, or whatever and help them out in that regard. Um, and then here recently I started up my own podcast and, that was talking strong style with the switch babe, which yes, is a Jay white reference. Um, and I am going to start up a new one to kind of go with the vibe of who I am now, because I felt like, you know, like switch babe kind of took over my life a little bit and I wanted to do something that was more me and not based off of someone else. And so I'm going to be starting up in December, the, show peace love and strong style because I'm a very spiritual person I'm not necessarily religious I don't really you know I'm not like that but I believe that there is something out there there is like some greater force at work and so I do a lot of delving into spiritual awakening um people people who get it will get this reference 11 11 that type of thing and um and so that's a big part of my life. Like my, my life is spiritual journey and wrestling. So what better way to bring those two together? And I can't wait to get that launched and started in December. And um, yeah, and I've always been a, a huge wrestling fan. And about eight, nine years ago was when I fell in love with Puro, um, which actually we're going to talk about in today. Um, Naomichi Marafuji had a match with Nigel McGuinness in Ring of Honor and just his working style and the way that he works so different from the Americans, it, it drew me in. And so I would go and I would go on eBay and get like DVDs with, you know, Noah matches on them or New Japan matches and tape trade. And it did whatever I could because, you know, we have world now, but we didn't back then. And, yeah. and now, you know, Noah's putting out more of their content in a way that is more available, like they're doing, like they did the show on YouTube, you know? So, um, yeah. And that's kind of like where my love affair with Puro started. 
is because of a guy on the show, ironically. And um, <laughs> I've never really looked back because to me, in my honest opinion, um, Puro is the best form of pro wrestling you can find on planet earth like i would say like the british scene is like right up there with it you know as far as the working style goes and then there's like lucha libre and but puro kind of takes both styles like there's a little bit of lucha and there's a little bit of a strong style so it works and it's just to me to me in my opinion and i'm, I'm not saying i'm right because an opinion is is not fact but to me, Puro and, and Joshi as well is the best you can get on this planet. So well, we, we tend to think a similar kind of thing here at the True Penny Show. It's our kind of bag. And we all come out of that trade trading culture that find the matches you need to find matches, um, events that like you did. You know, we're, we're all, the head beginner's guide to professional wrestling in Japan is entirely about finding clips on YouTube and on Purasa Dream and on New Japan World. And, tracing back the history of professional wrestling in Japan. So we completely agree with you, like your, your outlook on professional wrestling. That's awesome. It's always good when like minds come together, right? <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, we we're looking at pro wrestling Noah today. We had a look at pro wrestling Noah early in the year, I think with Alex Edwards. Um, and we looked at a show and they have been putting out shows on YouTube every once in a while, just like little house shows, tour shows. This was Currican Hall, so it's obviously quite easy to do Currican Hall because there's loads of TV spots. You bang cameras up and away you go. No commentary, just pure wrestling from Pro Wrestling Noah. And it's kind of a different style to approach from New Japan Pro Wrestling if you're a beginner to watching this particular kind of stuff. Japanese wrestling is very similar across the board these days because people have borrowed from this company and gone to this company. People have moved from this company and gone to that company. I mean, like a guy like Sanada or Tomohiro Ishii wouldn't have existed 20 years ago. He'd have been all Japan or nothing, or it'd have been New Japan or nothing. But because it's much more of a cross-pollination in professional wrestling, it now is a little bit um, less sharply defined than it used to be. But having said that, it's still King's Road Wrestling. What I mean by King's Road Wrestling is the legacy of Giant Baba, the booking style of the Four Pillars. Make your moves count. Make sure you have enough of them in the right order and at the right time. And much like a video game, if you hit the right moves and hit the right sequence, you can beat your man for the match. And that's pretty much what we've got from this particular show. The opening match was Sigirugun, Aijimi Ohara, Kazumi Sakamoto, and Kinyo Okada. They defeated Hitsuchi Kimano, Yunta Mikawa, and the legend Minoru Tanaka in 9 minutes and 15 seconds. It was a fun opener. Did what it had to do. What were your thoughts on this matchup, Tony? Um, it was, it was a very, like, to me, it was well-paced and, and to me, like that means a lot in a match because, you know, if, if there's a lot of rushing or a lot of really slow movement, it doesn't really present well. So the fact that they, they did the pacing so well, just gets a solid applause from me. Um, in this match, Miyawaki, he took a lot, a lot of punishment in this match and, um, and I was just really proud of him for putting up with all of that. And, um, you know, it it just, you know, like Cosma getting that win in the end was kind of like you could tell it was coming, you know. But it, it really was just a fun match, you know. And it was a great opener to a nice show, you know, at Big Corquin, you know, which Corquin is, fun fact about me, Corquin next to the Tokyo Dome. My favorite venue 
in Japan. Just because Literally. I love the. Literally next to the Tokyo. It's inside the Tokyo Dome. I know. And, <laughs> and that's it's so funny that they're like right there in, they're right there in Tokyo. And that's where my favorite venues are. Um, also Ryogoku. But, you know, I'm just so happy that Noah's getting to run and Corquin and do bigger things too. Like we were talking, like you were saying earlier, you know, uploading these shows to YouTube because I've been advocating for a Noah streaming service for a long time because I think if they had one, they would probably be right up there with New Japan in popularity. But, um, well, I mean, I think the sorry to interrupt. But I mean, I think the the big changes they've gone through in the last twelve months. I mean, we saw that like this is the rebranded company. They've still obviously got the main stars and they've still got the main draws, and they're doing okay. They're doing better than they were. They've turned it around a lot. I mean, eight hundred and fifty is still not a big crowd for Kurokin. It's twelve hundred seats, so they could do better. Um, and it's, I think the the big issue for them is this kind of a soup of third place in the Japanese industry because obviously you've got New Japan, and then there's Dragon Gate. And then all Japan, Big Japan, DDT, and uh, now are all kind of about the same level. But they've spent the year trying to get out of each other's way <laughs> rather yeah. than in each other's way. You know, there was the big last, this time last year was the, uh, the big anniversary of the, the beginning of Noah. And there was a debate between Naomichi Marafuji and Kawada about the origins of Noah and how Kawada felt when they left, when the uh, Noel crew left all Japan and how he felt about it as becoming the president of the company when it really wasn't his time and the things he had to do to help Noel Japan along and similarly for Marafuji he was a young boy when Noah started and he was one of uh, Kobashi Misawa's protégés and you know there was a very big deep meaningful conversations but they more or less all agreed all of the uh, King's Row promotions that all came from all Japan that'd be all Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle One, Big Japan Pro Wrestling and Noah that they kind of wouldn't get in each other's way anymore, that they would just kind of like call a truce and say, look, New Japan's this far ahead, but we can still, all of us can benefit from that. Let's try and use that energy to go forward, which is kind of an old way of thinking in Japan. Like the industry is more important than one company. And uh, I think that's going to stand them all in good stead. Um, me too. And I, I like the way that, you know, like you listed out all these companies and, and honestly, they don't really need to compete with each other because they're all different types of wrestling. Like DDT is more of the comedy and the wild stuff. And then you've got Big Japan, which is like the deathmatch type stuff. So, and then you have Noah, which is, you know, more, more or less, you know, a mix of a lot of different styles, but it's still, you know, very much King's Road style. And then you have um, All Japan, which is basically like Pura, you know. So yeah. they don't really need to get in each other's way. And I'm glad that they have finally come to that truce and they, and they finally understand that if they work together cooperatively and they don't get in each other's way, then they all can rise. And, yeah. and, that, and that makes me very happy you know, for companies I'm like Big Japan too, because I do watch some death matches, but I can't watch it that often because it just it's too much for me but i can watch it every now and again when i get in a certain mood and i always go to big japan for that so well, i mean it, I, was, I was gonna say it is noticeable this year like probably with lots of people on twitter obviously but like as i watch the people who go to japan for shows 
um, obviously the, the key ones they wanted to go to was Wrestle Kingdom and the people who have been to Wrestle Kingdom have been there, done that. So the next one was the G1 final. So people have gone there and done that. And now a lot of European and Asian visitors who are going to Japan for wrestling, the next big show for them was Ryogoku Hub, Big Japan Pro Wrestling um, and DDT and Tokyo Pro, Joshi Pro would took over Ryogoku for a weekend. Um, and it's incredible that Big Japan filled Ryogoku. That's an incredible draw for them. 10,000 people in Ryogoku to watch deathmatch wrestling. That's insane. You know, that is and, insane, especially yeah. in Japan. That is, that is insane. That you know, yeah. deathmatch wrestling got a crowd of like 10k. That's yeah. that cannot be understated how big that was. Yeah, um, that's that's back to FMW days. That's the IWA in the 1990s. You know, this this is the BJW is putting good stuff together, solidly built wrestling. It's not just deathmatch wrestling. There's all sorts of stuff going on with them. Funnily enough, one of my students was in Japan for the Rugby World Cup, and he was in Ryogoku for the sumo museum because he wanted to show his part. He's, he's lived, he used to live in Japan and he wanted to show his part in the sumo museum. So they went there and he knows I'm a wrestling fan. And he was like, Oh, there, there was a big wrestling show on that weekend in Raigoku. There wasn't any sumo. And I went, yeah, no, it was big Japan deathmatch wrestling. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, right. I, I might've gone for that. I swear. You, know, you should check with everything before you left. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, so yes. Anyway, away from business. Let's go back to this match, this card even. Uh, next matchup was at TC Saito and Massa in a way. They defeated 50 Funky Powers, Mohamed Yone and Quiet Storm in 9 minutes and 27 seconds. I love 50 Funky Powers. They're an awesome, awesome tag team. Not least because Quiet Storm has the body, oddest body shape in the world of any wrestler I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's, I, it's, I love like, 50 Funky Powers as well. It's like somebody drew a cartoon of what a wrestler should look like. And it really what, is. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I'm, and yeah. Hang on. <laughs> and and Mohamed Yone, his his afro, I just I, I'm obsessed. I, oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I just love that that disco vibe that he has going on. And I, I just I love Fifty Funky Powers. Like they're ones that you know every time that somebody's tweeting about a match, I'm like. Like, we're talking about the funky powers? What's going on? <laughs> you know? Because I, I just love those two. I love Quiet Storm, too. Quiet Storm is, you know, he's one of those guys from NOAA that understands English and can type it out. So he's really easy to communicate with online as well. So I, I love I love both of those guys. Yes, they are awesome. Shame they lost. But there you go. Against the old yeah. dude, Tisho Saito and Masa Inoue. Inoue's oh, 49 oh. and Saito 50. <laughs> like like when I saw that I was like because it's been a minute since I've watched Noah I'm going to be honest with you because like I watched the best and then I watched this and I flipped out I was like oh my god I'm like so and I'm, and then it's like Suzuki ain't the only one that's, that's still rocking out matches no. at an older age you know and it's just it's it's amazing and just the respect that I have you know for someone that has taken care of themselves that well that they can still wrestle at that age. I, yeah. I, I applaud you. I applaud you. I give you the, all the golf claps in the world. <laughs> Pay, paying, paying tribute to the late great Destroyer with the Destroyer mask at the beginning of the match as well. Clearly, the Destroyer of Dick Bauer was looking after them as they won that match in fine style of 9 minutes and 27 seconds of pure comedy. It was pretty fun and well worth watching. 
Next match was six-man tag. Wrestles, Hayata, Tatsuge, and Yohei defeated Stinger, Chris Ridgway, Katoru Suzuki, and Yoshihira Agawa. 16 minutes and 49 seconds. This was a very competitive affair. Chris Ridgway made his name in Progress Pro Wrestling and various UK independents. Now, most of the guys in Europe have kind of gone one way and signed with the WWE on developmental contracts. Chris Ridgway was not of that particular mind. He was a guy built for submission wrestling in Japan. Is actually probably the best place he could do that. And he kind of takes over the Zack Sabre Jr. role that Noah haven't had for a while of a purebred European shooter doing purebred European shooty type things. And he fits in really well here. This is his kind of style and this is his kind of matchup. His style is kind of more strong style than King's Road. So it was interesting to see how it played in against these King's Road masters from these two particular factions. But it was a lot of fun watching this matchup. Slow paced and just what you expect with a bit of a surprise ending. What are your thoughts on this one, Connie? Um, this match is one where my, my heart was kind of torn because um, I love Yohei. I love Hayata. I love Chris Ridgway. And I love Ogawa. So I was like, I was like, what am I going to do? And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And, you know, I I love, and and this is one thing that Noah has. They have like, I'm going to be honest, a lot of their talent is, is very handsome. And, you know, that's very marketable, especially to the Western audience. You know, if you've ever seen New Japan Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of thirst going on. And they could use that in the Rotels, like Yohei and Hayata. Um, Hayata is gorgeous. Yohei is just the wild child. Like, there, there's no other term for him but just wild child. And, you know, and then you have Chris Ridgway, who is a very handsome man and can work, like you said, like Zack Sabre Jr., but a little bit more strong style. So, um, so yeah, it was a very fun match. And it, it was you know, and I kind of just let myself just enjoy it. I was like, I was like, you don't want to choose a side. Let's just enjoy this. And they put on a great, great match. And I was proud of all of those boys because especially considering it's being streamed live, you know, this gives them more exposure. And perhaps maybe they can start coming over here to America or going more to the UK, you know, off of that exposure. And I was really, really proud of them. We should talk about that. Um Obviously, um, Noah has two deals in the United States of America, one with MLW and one with Impact Pro Wrestling, which they're kind of exploiting to the utmost as they can at the minute. I think they're probably getting a bit more traction out of MLW rather than uh, Impact just because of the way that the... the well, uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest with you. Um, I am kind of close with One Killer Cross, who works... who who is basically being held hostage by impact. And so if I had my choice, I would tell Noah to go work with MLW and forget about impact because even when they had Mirafuji over, they misspelled his name in the graphic. And (laughs) it it, it really, it it made Mirafuji mad. Like I could tell he was mad about it. And I was like, you have this puro legend come over to your to, to your company, and you disrespect him like that. And I'm already already got heat with Impact anyway because of the situation with Cross. So if I had my way, I would say strictly work with MLW because at this point, you know, Impact really isn't drawing that much of a viewership anyway. 
No, and well, I mean, there is there are some advantages to impact wrestling. I mean, there's Eddie Edwards, who obviously is former DHC heavyweight champion and is a fair, reasonable draw for now we're in Japan. Um, other than that, no. Uh, whereas MLW kind of has a much better crossover and MLW just kind of signed a deal with AAA as well. Um, so that'd be interesting to see where things may develop from there. Um, but yeah, I think that, I mean, they tried to get the best out in the cut. They obviously have, as we have later on the card, the IPW connection, but as IPW no longer exists, we'll talk about that. At the time. Yeah, that kind of kills that. So really they could do with a European working partner, but it's difficult to say which European working partner because of the three big companies, ICW and Progress Wrestling are both tied up with WWE and obviously can't have any more working partners than they already have. They used to work with WXW, but they're also tied up with WWE. So that's really Germany out of the question, which only leaves RevPro. And RevPro obviously are part of the RevPro Ring of Honor CMLL uh, New Japan network. So that won't work. <laughs> so I know it's, it's like it's they're slim. kind of up a creek when it, yeah. in that regard, when it comes there. to the UK and Europe. Um, which hopefully, I would hope that maybe ICW could find some way to work with them. Because I think the ICW roster would work really good with the NOAA roster. Um, Rumours that um, NOAA have been approached to be essentially NXT Japan. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I've heard that as well. Mainly because you can buy them off the shelf. Um, But I'm not completely convinced that would work. Because I don't necessarily think... I mean, in one sense, I mean... Noah as a Kings Row company is much more adaptable. There's a reason when we listed all those Kings Row companies like BJW, Wrestle One, um, All Japan, Noah, and even DDT to an extent. One of the reasons why I listed all of them is because Kings Road is such an adaptable style. It's such an adaptable storytelling style, and you could adapt that to WWE. And a lot of the stuff that WWE does now is based on Kings Road style because of. Guys like John Laurinaitis, who was a King's Road devotee, he was trained, he did a lot of time in all Japan pro wrestling. And they, a lot of their finishes and their storylines are kind of, well, their match layouts are based around Strong Style because it's a very sensible storytelling device. Um, but I'm not convinced that Noah, I think Noah's far too, sorry, not Strong Style, King's Road Style. I think Noah's far too King's Road necessarily for that to work. But, you know, stranger things have happened. So yeah, stranger things have happened. And, and one thing too is, you know, we all know that basically Fuji is like the Noah dad at this point. And yeah. you can't really tell him what to do. Like, he doesn't respond well to, you know, being ordered around. And that's why I kind of, like, I've heard the rumor about Noah being in NXT Japan, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to work out. You know, because Fuji is very stubborn. He's a very, very stubborn man who is very set in his ways. And I don't think he would listen to Triple H telling him how to run his stuff, you know? Yeah, I think that's the... I mean, the other rumor is Sendai Girls as well in Japan. I'm not convinced that'll work either because WWE would essentially give Miko Satomura a lifetime contract to train wrestlers at ridiculous amounts of money, but she doesn't want to do that. She spent a long time building a company up to be her own boss, and Sendai Girls is the biggest of all the Joshi companies just about now. Between them and Stardom, it's a toss-up between them, Stardom, and Oz Academy as the big three Joshi companies, you know, as to how much penetration they've got. And Sendai girls are going to Manchester and selling shows out. So, uh, and Oz Academy are quite happy doing what they're doing. 
and and stardom have got like so i don't necessarily see sendai girls wanting it they've got the market they want and they're slowly developing it and mako gets to wrestle whoever the hell she wants to whenever she wants to because she's one of the biggest draws in independent wrestling now so yeah it's 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 tricky to say what would happen with those two companies if WWE did want to do it. I mean, obviously, WWE kind of on the bottomless pit of a checkbook to do that kind of thing. But I'm also concerned. I'm also kind of like, Mary Fuji and Satomura are patriarchal and matriarchal figures within the Japanese wrestling industry, not just for their own companies, but for the whole of the industry. And I think they both take that very seriously. Look at the work Mary yeah. Fuji did to get Kazuchika Okada over when he was IWGP heavyweight champion. He's not even in that company, but he gave him the best match he possibly could because it's a matter of professional pride. And I think it's a matter of professional pride for Japanese wrestling to do well with them. And if WWE can do it, I think they may see it as a serious thing to do. But if not, I don't see them doing it at all. Yeah. Um, And one thing, too, about Mako, you said, like, she's a very matriarchal figure. I actually call her one of my spiritual mothers because... (laughs) I love her style. I I just love the aura that she puts out. And like in Puro and Joshi, my spiritual mother and spiritual father are Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki and Mako Satomura. So, you know, and I don't think that she would necessarily want to be under anyone because what's the one thing that those Joshi girls are very proud of? The fact that they get to run their own businesses and the fact that they are their own boss. And I don't think that she would be willing to give that up. No. So. Uh, shout out to Jin Chase and Zaki, by the way, this week. Followed me on Twitter, the, uh, the president of Sendai Girls Pro Wrestling, uh, and now offering his own um, yoga training facility in Tokyo. And he followed uh, me on. So shout out to Jin Chase and Zaki. There you go. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the next match, which is a six-man tag. Congo, Kenu, Masaya, Kitayama, and Yoshiaki Inamaru, they defeated High 69, Heito Kikimura, and Nemuchi Marafuji in 16 minutes and 40 seconds. By gum, them barriers at Kurokan Hall don't move much, do they, Courtney? No, they do not. They, they, they do not move at all. And, um, and yeah. And, and in this match, you have the dynamic of also you have like the ultimate grumpy bad guy in Kino. And then you have Kaito Kiyomiya, who is like the ultimate like hero baby face. <laughs> and, and I love that dynamic of just like the polar opposites. I, I love that dynamic from a storytelling perspective. And also here recently, Kino and Marafuji have been kind of teasing each other like there's going to be something that's going to come out of that. Yeah. Because like Marafuji is trying to teach him some respect, but he's of course stubborn and grumpy gills and he doesn't want to listen. So, you know, I just love this match for that dynamic. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit like Ishii and um, uh, Toriyano in, in New Japan, isn't it? When they tag together, it's the polar opposite tag thing. It is. It's like the polar opposite. It's it's like it's like you you know it's almost like the way I want to put this is to to compare it to to compare it to New Japan is basically if you had like Kino, you put him in like Jay White shoes and you put Kaito in like Okada shoes. 
And that's kind of the dynamic that you get in this feud. It really is. So, you know, if, if you're curious about Noah, like I'm telling you guys, you need to go out and check it out. That's why I'm kind of making these comparisons because I want more people to watch it because I think if more people watched it, it would spread and Noah would gain some popularity because Noah and Marafuji are the reason why I'm into Puro. So I kind of feel like this duty to put them over as much as possible, you know? <laughs> All right, fair enough. It was a fun match to watch as well. But like I said, it was stiff as houses. It was it was fairly brutal. Um, and yeah, that was just fun to watch. Um, but to be honest with you, the most brutal thing I've seen happen with those barriers at Kurukan Hall is when Aja Khan picked one up and hit somebody with it. We didn't quite oh. get that level of violence. But Aja is a whole different level of violence anyway. Yeah, I saw some gifs this morning of a match that she had. And, like, she's got, like, all the blood on her hands and stuff. And she's still going to town on this girl. And I'm like, remind me never to piss Aja Kong off ever. <laughs> remind me never to do that in my life. <laughs> as, Aja is, uh, when, as, we've, as the jungle scene quite says, quite often says, when God wanted the devil, God made the devil just for fun. When he wanted the real thing, he built Aja Kong. Anyhow. Yep. Moving on, we next had an IPW Junior Heavyweight Championship match, which, in all honesty, was probably the last ever IPW Championship match ever, ever. Uh, champion Disuku, uh, sorry, uh, Asushi Kutage lost it to Daisuke Harada in 24 minutes and six seconds, a fitting end to the IPW UK Junior Heavyweight Championship, which has been actually quite an important championship in the United Kingdom, got a lot of people over uh, to a wider audience. IPW never really recovered from uh, various things over the last couple of years, none of which were pleasant. Um, they took over Tuesday Night Graps and didn't really quite get that right because Tuesday Night Graps in Manchester is a very special event. If you've never been to Tuesday Night Graps, I haven't, but I know enough friends who have. Or it is essentially wide, wacky wide world of sports pro wrestling um, where everybody does everything differently. And eventually Chris Brooks took it over and managed to make it work. Um, and it, it took a while for IPW to figure that out. It's They've just not had problems not being able to gain traction, which is sad because I want professional wrestling companies to thrive in the UK. They did have to sort a few things out, not least of Leon Owner, who was, well, let's be honest, a sexual predator. And once I got rid of him, things started to work better. But it's still, you know, still not good, is it? It doesn't work like that. So it took a yeah. while for them. Over. And I hope the people who are working on IPW pick up bookings and can go work other places because that will be a lot better for them. But it does mean that the fourth biggest wrestling company in the country is no longer working the South Coast, which was their home base. They were working along the South Coast. So that's another territory that's open and hopefully someone comes in and fills that gap and creates some work for some very deserving people. But this match was an absolute corker. Harada, I kind of surprised win for me. Kotege looked like really dominant as champion. He looked like he had everything under control up until the last few minutes. And then it was kind of a classic King's Road finish. Move after move after move from Harada until Kotege just can't meet, beat the count. What are your thoughts on this matchup, Courtney? Um, I thought the same thing. Like it, I thought Kotege was going to um, retain for sure. Mm -hmm. And then that last couple of minutes, like you said, Harada just comes for him and just hits him with like every signature that he's got within like two minutes, you know, and it, and it was just an amazing finish. And I'm glad that since it looks like this, it really is in all actuality, 
the um the last IPW junior heavyweight champion is Harada. Because yeah. Harada has a lot of respect from me strictly based off the fact that he's like the dad of the Rattels. And he is also is also once again a very handsome man. And I, I'm I'm just happy that it got to that he gets to keep that. You know, and have that. Yeah. That he's the last champion ever of that belt and that lineage. And um yeah, like I said, like like you were saying, very fun, good match. Just really surprised at the ending. Cause I was like, I wanted Harada to win, don't get me wrong. But mm. I was not seeing it happening with the way that they booked it and the way that they made you think that Kodaje was going to retain. And then all of a sudden, here we go. <laughs> Harada beat him. <laughs> so oh, well. <laughs> that's how it goes with, with Puro a lot of the time. You know, you, yeah. you sit there and you think you know what's going to happen. And oh, uh, uh-uh. No. You got another thing coming. Exactly. Okay, then. We move on to the main event of the evening, which was Axis, Yogoshi Ozaki, Katsushika, and Nakajima with Shuhei Taniguchi. They defeated El Hijo del Wagner. Hang on, I got this right. Because this is the longest name in wrestling. El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. Because Dr. Wagner III was too difficult, apparently. Hideki Suzuki and Takahashi Sugiara. This was really pushing the feud between Taniguchi and Sugiara. 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Taniguchi ended up with a broken nose. There was blood everywhere in this matchup, which is not something you normally see at a Noah event. Alhijo del, Alhijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. really kicked it up a gear with Nakajima. Nakajima and Goshi Ozaki are a cracking tag team, and they're going to be great uh, running in Noah as a tag team. It was just so much fun watching this match, and it was so intense. This is kind of what you expect from Noah, and this was a main event worthy of the name. What are your thoughts on this, Courtney? Um, what are my thoughts? Like I, like you were saying, like we don't see blood ever, really, in no. Noah. And the fact that we did, I was like, holy, you know what? I was like, oh, 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 oh. And um, I have three favorites in this match um nakajima and shiazaki like you were saying that they're a solid tag team and i just love them together and i hope that um that they build their tag division around them because mm-hmm. you know in the heavy tags like that that would be the smart decision because they're both they're both very photogenic let's be honest they're both <laughs> They're both marketable, and that's and that's my thing. Like I go to who's market, who's marketable, in this situation, and I also love Suji, Takashi Segura. I love him. I love him and his little dog, and how and how adorable they are, and um, it was just a fun match, and and it was worthy, like you said, of being a main event at Corquin. It was worthy, and. I'm just really proud of all of these guys that put on the show, you know, in talking about the show as a whole, I'm just so proud of them for what they pulled off and, and how they presented it. And the fact that this was streamed live to the world and anybody could watch it for free. Like Noah, Noah, you get, you get like the Oscar standing ovation for this show from me. And 
and I'm, I'm just really happy. And I'm, and I mean, if you can tell, like, I feel a special bond towards Noah, I really do. And, you know, and even more so now, because mm-hmm. in Bullet Club, we have two former Noah guys in Bullet Club right now. We have Ishimori and we have Kenta. So it's yeah. like, I think that that in and of itself has gotten me extra in my Noah feels here lately, you know, <laughs> just reflecting on those old feuds that they used to have, like Kenta and Mamera Fuji beating the ever loving crap out of each other. Um, and, and, and it's just, it feels like a beautiful time in Japan. If you're a wrestling fan, to be honest, because you know, we have, like we said, like Big Japan doing well, like all the Joshi promotions doing well. New Japan is doing fan freaking tastic right now. And you got Noah, you know, starting over, like the show tour name is starting over, you know, with the new logo and the new look and the new aesthetic. And it's just, it's beautiful to see uh, this time in both Puro and Joshi. It's, it's amazing. And like, I tell people like all the time, like I've been waiting for Japanese wrestling to make this rise for the longest time and seeing it happen the past couple of years makes me really, really happy. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we haven't really seen developments like this since late nineties when you, well, mid nineties, when you had new Japan, new Japan going to the Tokyo Dome four times a year, all Japan, Selling on Budokun Hall on a monthly basis, FMW doing the big Kawasaki baseball stadium shows, and All Japan Pro Wrestling and FM and All Japan JWP and Gaia doing these massive, huge mega shows. Wrestling was as hot as it's ever been 20 years ago, and we're starting to get back to that. No, we're never going to get there again, but we are getting back to wrestling mattering in Japanese culture and its wider culture. And it's thanks to guys like New Japan Pro Wrestling and Noah and All Japan and Stardom and Sendai Girls and Oz Academy to keep the flame burning and break new stars and make new stars. And that's been an important thing in Japanese wrestling. We haven't had such a crop of main eventers. I mean, as well, you know, you look at Takeshi Sugiyari. He's the guy that's been gluing Noah together for the last 15 years. He's 49 now. You know, he's the same age, or slightly younger than Minoru Suzuki, not by much. And, you know, there is, it is time for these new stars to take their place in the company. Go Shiyazaki is a 20-year veteran now. The earliest time I saw Go Shiyazaki was in the early 2000s in a British wrestling cup, which was actually run by Alex Shane, who used to run, well, still does run WrestleTalk.tv, WrestleTalk.tv. And he uh, organized the cup in Liverpool at the, the old Liverpool um, field hall, I think. And Go Shiyazaki was in the first round. I think he didn't, I think he went to the second round as well. It was when he was on his learning excursion, and it was considered like the future of Japanese wrestling. And he's bounced back and forth between Noah and All Japan and back to Noah again. And it's kind of his time, really. The, you know, you, these guys have not got one left. <laughs> before yeah, exactly. Pre- you know, so and Noah are doing it. They're building up new stars, and you know, it's it's getting there. It's uh. It's, but it's fun to see. And this was a fun show to watch. And the stuff we've watched from Noah this year has been very, very good. And free, which is always good. Free 99 is always good. And um, and I feel, and I want to, you know, let this out. Um, for Indie Empire, you know, I work with Ashley, um, Elgo's mama. And um, 
I managed to land an interview with Chris Ridgway for our December holiday NOAA issue. Yes. And uh, I wanted to let that cow out the bag. Um, we're going to conduct the interview the first week of December. And um, I'm, I'm very excited to get to interview Chris because Chris, I've had my eye on since the Brit rest days in progress when he was hard as you know what, because I'm trying to behave myself and not cuss. But okay, you, it's you okay. know we, we don't allow like, the F word or the C word here if we can help it. Well, sometimes yeah. I don't have time to edit it out. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and so I'm very excited to get to interview him and to get his perspective on, you know, why you chose Noah over a new Japan or why did you choose this over um, WWE? Because odds are he could have had a job at NXT with the snap of yeah. his fingers if he wanted to, but he chose to do this. And, and that makes me respect him a lot more. The fact that he could have had it easy, but he's choosing the, the harder road to help build this company back up. And I'm, I'm very excited to get to interview him. And um, our issue, we're doing this also in kind of the same vein of, of what I've been speaking about, um, about helping Noah get some more Western eyes on it and get more exposure. And we're putting Masawa on the cover, and it's going to be like a christmas theme cover, too. So we're super excited at Indie Empire about that. Yes. And uh, I'll be writing a story about the, the birthdays of Noah, the original days of Noah, and how the strong our King's Road came in. The, uh, we'll call it the King's Road schism. That's probably the best way of putting it, isn't it? The schism between all Japan and Noah and the personalities involved. So I will be giving that story as well um in that particular issue we should say in the empire this month all the usual good stuff i've just turned in a story on zack saber jr for the november edition so we'll have that issue first yeah we'll have that issue first zack saber jr on the cover of course uh, i love zack saber jr like he is his style is just it's mind-blowing sometimes because i'm like how did you even think of this submission zach like how like the cremation lily, when he broke that out for the first time, I legitimately lost my mind. I was like, how? I was like, he twisted him up like a pretzel. How? He's just like that good at submissions. And I haven't seen anybody really that good at submissions in a long, long time in this industry. Because, right. you, you know, like most of the time, like you see people with, you know, maybe two or three that they're really good at. But no, he can break them all out on you. Yeah. And have you tapping out really, really quick. <laughs> so I'm glad that we're putting him on the cover. Shout out to Chris Ridgway for using the Jim Breaks special. Because that moves the thing of my nightmares from my youth. Because Jim Breaks was the biggest heel in British wrestling at the time. Um, <laughs> sadly, Jim Breaks has not had a good life since then. Um, but yeah, as a wrestling move in my youth, it, Jim Breaks was the biggest heel in the UK. Because he wrestled Johnny Saint all the time. And he was the big bad. So, and it was the move, it's, it's a terrifyingly hard move on anyone. It's the one where he twisted his arm up into his armpit. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about. Yeah. So anyway, but yes, that was that. So we hope you've enjoyed our coverage of Noah today. Like we've been saying, go have a look at Indie Empire magazine. They sponsor this show. Um, you can also go to powerslam.tv and get a free month when you use our code mulletwatch. Which still makes everybody laugh in the production chat because that's, that's the best thing we've ever done. 
Um, you can get three months of them. Uh, you can have a listen to their trailer now. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. I would like to thank my guest for today's Courtney Summers of your Indian Empire magazine and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you very much for your time, Mom. Not a problem. Like I said, like any time that I get to come on and, and, you know, speak about something that I'm passionate about, which you can tell in my voice that I'm very passionate about this industry, especially when it comes to the Japanese part of the wrestling world. Like I even have in my bio on Twitter, my heart is my heart emoji is in Japan because that's really where my heart is. You know, I like Japan a lot more than my own country. <laughs> to be honest, well, um, we have that similar kind of feeling here at the moment. But anywho, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna bring his name up. Well, <laughs> well, there's an election on December the twelfth, and we'll see what happens. It's not looking good at the minute, so go and register to vote. That's my advice this week. Whatever you do, vote. Yeah, whatever you do, vote. Exercise that right. Yes, especially if you're young, vote because this this could be a defining election for your life. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Where can we find you on social media, Courtney? Me, you can find me at Blade Queen XII, and that's both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also follow Indie Empire at IEPWZine on Twitter. And I actually run that account. I run through the retweets of our articles and, and different match cards throughout the day. And um, we had to start over because Twitter yeah. is stupid. <laughs> so if you could please give us a follow, we would appreciate it. We're trying yes. to build that following back up. So that would be much appreciated. And I'm sure Ashley, a.k.a. El Ghost Mama, would appreciate it. Yep, there you go. Uh, yeah, please do follow us on that. You can find me at Sheriff Lonesight. You can find the show at Troopin' Show. There will be a telling stories tomorrow. And Dara says that there will also be a wrestling rewind by the end of the week looking at North America. Um, we will be back next week, of course, with a Troopin' Show. We're going to start talking soon about our year-end awards, which is always our annual trip down memory lane of the best things that happened in 2019. Uh, and we will kind of present those shows as we go when we get to them. I will look for another review show to do next week. I will talk to the gang and see what we can come up with. But we are in World Tag League in New Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll probably get to the final this year, maybe, if we have chance. <laughs> and, of course, well, Kingdom is less than seven weeks away. I know. They tweeted out six weeks today. And I, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe we're six weeks away from wrestling Christmas. Because this year... It's going to be wrestling freaking Christmas people, okay? You got two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, then you have New Year's Dash. Oh, that's we see, like, 
according to Alex Watt, as as uh, in, the, in the history of the Troopany show, Wrestling Christmas actually is the G1. So this is Wrestling Christmas 2. Wrestling Christmas Part 2. The Redux. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kota Ibushi versus Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in the Tokyo Dome on January the 4th. It's the and, thing we're looking forward to after Christmas. And the double, and yeah, and that double championship match. I'm sorry, but y'all know where my heart stands in that. <laughs> um, I want J two belts to happen. <laughs> I, I'm comfortably say what will what will happen. I I would just like the coolest thing would be Okada to win the first one, then just not bother with the second one. <laughs> Because, oh, but but let's be honest now, James. Like Jay even said in his backstage promo, Okada is a liar. He he really does care about that title. He just oh, yeah. he just doesn't say he does. Huh. So let let's be honest. Honest. Well, well, I hey, look, Okada's the greatest IWGP Heavyweight Championship of all time. So why does he need anything else? That's his philosophy he's going with at the moment, and that's quite understandable. But yeah. all shall be revealed. All shall be revealed. We will find out January fifth. But, but my prediction is, in in my little crystal ball is is that it's going to be Jay. I really think it is because what is the thing that everybody's least expecting Gato to pull out? Jay White having two titles at the same time. Gato so, is in book at the moment, from what we understand, though. So anything could happen. I've heard differently. I heard that that wasn't true. I think he's still got been put in, but I know he's. I think he was kind of getting burnt out, and they gave him a break for a while. But we'll see. I'm not really sure what's happening. I don't know who'd be booking this place anyway. So I don't know either. But we shall find out. Indeed, we shall. In the meantime, have a great week. Tomorrow's telling stories is your one, William Regal, the last of the Tudor kings. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.